We look this morning at one of the, I don't know, most amazing passages in Scripture when God's people gave too much. And we turn to Exodus chapter 36 and we read verses 1 through 7. And we read in Jesus' name. Now Bezalel and Aholiab and every skillful person in whom the Lord had put skill and understanding to know how to perform all the work in the construction of the sanctuary shall perform in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every skillful person in whom the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to come to the work to perform it. They received from Moses all the contributions which the sons of Israel had brought to perform the work in the construction of the sanctuary. And they still continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. And all the skillful men who were performing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work which he was performing. And they said to Moses, The people are bringing much more than enough for the construction work which the Lord commanded us to perform. So Moses issued a command, and a proclamation was circulated throughout the camp, saying, Let no man or woman any longer perform work for the contributions of the sanctuary. Thus the people were restrained from bringing any more. For the material they had was sufficient and more than enough for all the work to perform it. Let's bow in prayer. Father, these are words that you have given by the inspiration of your Spirit. And we thank you, God, for the hearts that you stirred back in the days of Moses, those who came with a free will offering, giving generously and joyfully and thankfully for all that you had done for them. Oh God, would you do a work in our hearts today as we consider all that you've entrusted to us. That we might give of ourselves, give of our heart, our soul. Give of all that we have, because after all, you've given it to us in the first place. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the complaints that people have against the church is that we are always asking for money. How many of you have heard that complaint, huh? Well, depending on where you go to church, that may or may not be true. And I would have to confess to you that I probably have not preached enough on the whole area of stewardship when you look at all that the Bible has to say about giving. And I was a little bit convicted by that this week because if we are to preach the whole counsel of God... Then we need to talk about things like stewardship and giving. And so today, especially as we think of the sanctuary, the, the, the renovation that's taking place up there on the second floor, challenging us, say, okay, God, what, what is my part in this? What do you want me to do? Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give what I have for the work of your kingdom. Would it not be wonderful if... And Bible-believing, evangelical, Christ-preaching churches that the leadership would have to say, you've given enough now. We don't know what to do with all the money, okay? We just have much more than, than, than we need. 
Wouldn't that be great? Well, that happened. And it happened here in Exodus chapter 36, where the people were giving to the construction of the sanctuary, and Moses had to, mind you, issue a command. And it was circulated throughout all the camp. Stop! we got enough now. We don't know what to do with it all. That'd be a wonderful problem to have, huh? I'm sure we could find other places to give it. But what a wonderful picture of what God did to move the hearts of his people. So what is it that moves God's people to give in this way? I would suggest our text teaches us three things. Number one, God's people give willingly because their redemption is great. When God told the people of Israel to provide materials for the building of the temple, there was one thing in particular that he asked them to do. We find that in chapter 35, verses 4 and 5, Moses spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded, saying, Take from among you a contribution to the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart. Notice that. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as the Lord's contribution. And then we come to our text in verses 2 and 3, and we see that this call was to everyone whose heart stirred him to come to the work to perform it. And then we find at the end of verse 3 that they continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. Notice that emphasis on heart being stirred, a willing heart, a free will offering. This is not a a constraint. This is not a a guilt trip. God wants us to give because our hearts are stirred by what He has done for us. If you look back in the book of Exodus, you see what the people of Israel had gone through. The persecution that they had experienced in Egypt, the terrible bondage, the having to build all of these these cities for, for the Pharaoh. And God saw their bondage. He saw what they were going through. And you remember how he called Moses to be the one that, that would lead the people of Israel out of, out of Egypt. And I believe in the context of this whole attitude of heart stirring and, and willing giving is the fact that they had been redeemed from bondage. They had been set free from a terrible experience there in the land of Egypt. And when you've been set free from bondage, there is a recognition and a realization of what God has done, and that causes the heart to be changed, to overflow with gratitude and thanksgiving to God. And those of you who know Jesus, you have been redeemed by His blood. You have been set free from a greater bondage than the people of Israel faced in Egypt. You are no longer under Satan's power. You are no longer under sin's condemnation. And when you live with that realization of what Jesus Christ has done to set you free... That is gospel-motivated living. Gospel-motivated giving. And that needs to be the foundation of giving. So you need to know Jesus before you can really understand stewardship. 
You need to be set free from your sin. You need to be a part of the family of God. You need to have your heart changed because that will change your attitude towards all the things that you possess because you realize what God has done for you. There was an Indian chief who had given very generously to the work of of, of missions there in his country. And one day the missionary asked him a question. He said, what is it that causes you to give so generously and and worship so joyfully? And his, his response was to ask a question. He says, have you never been in the darkness? Here was a man who had been in the darkness and had been brought into the light of Jesus. And that was the foundation of his praise, his worship, his giving. He had been redeemed. And when you've been redeemed, it changes your heart. And there is then that willingness to give. So God's people give willingly because their redemption is great. A second lesson here, God's people give generously because their provision is great. When the Israelites brought these provisions for the work of the temple, they gave generously in two ways. One was the quality of their giving. They didn't give to God the things that they didn't want, the things that were of no value to them. They gave the best that they had. If you go back to chapter 35, verses 22 to 28, you have a list of all the the things that they gave, the gold and silver and all the the, the beautiful garment. what do you call it? Not garments. Material that they used to build the temple. It was not the you know leftovers. It was not you know things that they couldn't use. They gave the best that they had. They didn't get rid of the things they didn't want at a garage sale. <laughs> Let's just sell the things we don't want or don't need and give it to God. Okay, they gave the best that they had. That of quality. And obviously, they gave a great quantity. And here's that that response of Moses to say, you know, you got to stop giving because they were bringing free will offerings every morning. And this is the only place I know of in Scripture where God's people were told not to bring anymore. We've got too much. Ever wondered where they got this stuff? They've been slaves. They've been in bondage in Egypt for all these years. Where in the world did they get all these things? Well, the Bible answers that question. Exodus chapter 12, beginning at verse 31. And he called for Moses and Aaron at night. This is Pharaoh. Rise up, get out from among my people, both you and the sons of Israel. Go. Worship the Lord as you've said. Take both your flocks and your herds as you've said. Go and and bless me also. And then the Egyptians were were in agreement with Pharaoh. Get him out of here. He's going to destroy our country. And so they were told to ask the Egyptians for spoil, which they did. Articles of gold and clothing. And verse 36 says, And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they let them have their request. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. See where all these gifts came from? They came from God's hand because God had given them favor 
in the eyes of the Egyptians. And that's why they gave so generously. They were simply giving back to God that which He had given to them. That's what he, which He had entrusted to them. And we need to realize that everything that we have has been given to us by God. Isn't that right? What does James say? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, with whom there is no shifting shadow. So your car, your house, your bank account, your shoes, whatever you have, your life, it's a gift of God. We've been given great provisions in our country, haven't we? We've been blessed so abundantly. We are to give then willingly. We are to give generously because the provisions that God has entrusted to us are great. Then thirdly, God's people give joyfully because their purpose is great. You think about the things that motivate people to give. Some of them probably don't give the greatest, greatest honor to the Lord. Some people give in order to make a name for themselves. They want to be noticed. They want to be recognized for that which they have given. It becomes kind of a, a thing of pride. I remember being in a church where just about every single thing in that church had a name on it. Even in the bathroom, the the, the faucets had moan written on them and the toilets had had crane. (laughs) Given by Mr. Moan and Mr. Crane. I mean, this whole idea that, you know, if I'm going to give something, I want people to know. Like the old uh, man who gave an anonymous gift to the church and during the announcements the pastor was saying and we're very thankful for this large anonymous gift given and this guy was sitting in the back row with his wife and he whispers quite loudly to his neighbor there he said yeah Martha and I thought it would be best that way he said (laughs) wasn't so anonymous huh so we want to give because we want to be noticed some, some give because they think they'll, they'll gain some favor with God. That they'll earn some, some points with God. As if somehow we, you know, this whole works righteousness, if I can do something to find favor with God. Or how about giving in order to get something back? If I, if I give to the Lord's work, then, then He's going to give back to me. And if that's the motive, that, that's, that's not the right motive either. Or I give because I have a, a guilty conscience and I need to salve my, my conscience. None of these are motivations that please God because it's all focused on, on self. If you look at the reasons why the, the people were told to, to build the temple, we get an idea as to why God wanted this structure built. In Exodus 25, verse 8, God said to Moses, Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. And so the temple was to be a place where God would manifest Himself among the people. 
It was to be a symbol of His presence. God wanted to make Himself known. And and one of the ways that He did that was through His temple. And we can follow that really all throughout the Scriptures. Uh, This first temple here, God made Himself known. And over and over again, we see the glory of God uh, filling the, the temple. And then years later, when Solomon's temple was was made. It was dedicated. And Scripture tells us the glory of the Lord filled the, the temple. And after Solomon's temple was destroyed, when Jesus came, He became God's temple. Didn't He? Uh, John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt, literally tabernacled among us. We see the glory of God in the, the, the tabernacle, the body of Jesus. And after He ascended to heaven... He sent His Spirit, and now the church is His temple. Through the temple of His people, God makes His presence known. And so this then is our our great purpose in giving to the Lord's work. So God can make Himself known. So God can be revealed to the world. Through His people, through His body, through His church. So what is it that motivates God's people to give. We give willingly because our redemption is great. (laughs) Saved from judgment, saved from condemnation, saved for heaven. What What a great redemption we have. We give generously because our provision is great. God has provided for us so richly, so abundantly, so beyond what we deserve. We give joyfully because our purpose is great. That God's glory and majesty might be made known in the world. I wonder what would happen if we prayed that God would teach us what it means to give with a willing, generous, and joyful heart. If we made that a specific prayer, God, teach me what that means never know what might happen. Maybe you'll come to church some Sunday and the trustees will have an announcement in the bulletin. Please don't give any more. We don't know what to do with it. It happened before. Perhaps it could happen again as God's people give to His work. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank You for the redemption we have in Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins, the hope of eternal life. We thank You, O God, for the great provision You've given to us. Your Word says, My God shall supply all your needs according to to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And God, You've given us a great purpose that we might be Your people through whom You make Yourself known in this world. And so, God, give us willing hearts, joyful hearts, gospel-motivated hearts because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for this time of fellowship together around your word. Teach us, guide us, lead us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.